0: Welcome to the first episode of the European Super Motorsport Podcast. We've collaborated with Motorsport, Autosport, The Race, Team Quadrant, and Veloce- Wait, wait. guys? Guys? Where is everyone? Hey gang, you didn't think we'd leave you that quickly, would you? <laughs> Welcome to episode 298 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbourhood host, Dre Harrison, still deeply recovering from the outro of episode 297. I've had counselling, we should be okay, and um, good to know that Little Buckley will save us all one day.
1: <laughs> it has many powers, I'm not so sure if uh, saving the masses is one of them. <laughs>
0: For more on that, see Ryan King's Twitter page In the meantime,
2: <laughs> with me as always, is Ryan Eric King Have you, have you forgiven me for last week, Ron? No, I have not, I have not And I'm am, I am wearing powder blue today in tribute of the Club of the People And you're my favourite airline, Etihad Airways <laughs> Oh, a word <laughs> Club of the People Man City That's right <laughs> Sure,
0: sure, sure. When, King, you, you're, like, you're not the only one dabbling in traitorous heathenry. We are both Manchester United fans. We know how this works. <laughs> it's even worse you wearing a, a, a light blue shirt for that very reason. <laughs> We're going now and together on this one, King. No, there's no, no. There's no. no. There's no...
2: If, if Ed could leave, I could leave too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Last last one on, turn off the microphone. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: speaking of which, oh my God. all of a sudden, random Juventus fan, Cam Buckley is with us. Hello, sir.
1: <laughs> I, I would like to issue a disclaimer that I have no allegiance to any football club. I am Liar. that guy out in space seeing Earth get blown up by something. Because, uh, man... Being in the middle of a call in our Discord and (laughs) that news coming through was... Oh my god. (laughs) It's kind of surreal. Yeah, we thought we were uh, on the
3: verge of something cataclysmic happening that was going to forever alter the landscape of association football throughout the world. It didn't even last 48 hours. (laughs) We didn't even get to the podcast recording before this whole project (laughs) fell to shit.
1: We didn't... Sony intended to shut down the PS3 and PlayStation and Vita stores, and they backtracked slower on this than the ESL did.
0: Yeah, we, we've literally had guest appearances on this podcast last longer than that Super League lasted. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Mine certainly did.
3: <laughs> What's good, RJ? What's good? Mm. Happy to be here as always. Um, big day recording, big big day. Everything happens uh right there thereabouts on April twentieth. Yeah, we are
0: still recovering from the wake of the European Super League news, as as Cam alluded to and as King alluded to. We were all on Discord as this news dropped, and we basically spent the next three hours mindlessly speculating about what could or what couldn't happen. It was one of the most bizarre Discord calls I have ever been in, and... um, King's way smarter than I am, and even he was stumped. Um, so it kind of it kind of says it all about, about just how wacky that was. Um, long story short, all you big football clubs should be ashamed of you of yourselves, you greedy bastards. Um, <laughs> and that's you know what? The tip of the Fuck
1: you on Champions Your League.
0: <laughs> and don't get me wrong, you know how bad it is when you make you wafer look like the good
3: guys here. Like, yeah. You know how bad it. You know how bad it is when like progressives are on the same side as Boris Johnson about something.
0: The one thing that was able to unite football Twitter, which is the most toxic heathen big uh, Jurassic Park 2 mound of bullshit <laughs> that could possibly unite football Twitter was the European Super League, or should I say, being against the European Super League. <laughs> like, it's, this
1: it was like the what bloods what triggered and the emergency crisps. actions from the UK <laughs> government. This got this.
3: lifelong fans, like, <laughs> threatening to quit on their teams. <laughs> Cech was about up. to get beat the hell up outside of Stanford Bridge.
1: <laughs> T- like, Tony George is separating. sitting Tony George is sitting <laughs> in his in his house like even reaction to my split wasn't that bad.
0: <laughs> right. Like, like as King pointed out petr check outside Stanford Bridge surrounded by a mob and there was only one police officer separating him from ugh, um, potential stampede, I think, I think is the best way I could describe it as. Um, <coughs> crazy, crazy stuff. It's been a mad, mad 72 hours on Twitter. This was basically football's version of Game of Thrones' Red Wedding.
2: Right. Um, and, I, I'm, I'm just glad we could go back to normalcy. We can go back to a paint company and their dog mascot... Dunking on the club they sponsor. <laughs> we can go back to the good old
0: days.
2: Bring back the
0: Dulex dog. Bring back the Dulex dog. And, you know, you know how bad it is when Jose Mourinho getting sacked from a football club didn't even get mentioned on Monday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He was sacked like six hours before the broadcast. Not a word.
2: None. He's, Nada! He's truly the special one. <laughs> the first
0: European Super League manager to get sacked. Uh, what a marquee moment Whoa, done. whoa,
2: whoa. The only European Super League manager to get sacked. And Manchester United chairman Ed Woodward announced he's
0: stepping down from United, and I almost started ripping my jeans off and doing the helicopter dance right there. <laughs> okay, but <and then.
2: laughs> right, I think we should get this show back on track. We are not oh, a football podcast.
0: Thank you for I'm tuning sure into our every, football podcast. This was the equipment. This was the football like one retur-
1: coming soon, <laughs> probably. As it, maybe just
0: what the just what the world needed? Another football podcast, <laughs> as if there isn't any of them out there as it is um uh, don't worry housekeeping Housekeeping. I'll get to that in just a second, but yeah, um, we had to get that one in there because uh, it was such a massive one for sport. Don't worry. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one-off episode of Keeping It One Hundred and One. Um, <laughs> well, well, I need to get the obligatory sponsor
2: plug in there. For only a pound a month, you could get excellent local reporting from the Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Damn. All right, people, football on
0: YouTube. I see what you did there. <laughs> Joe Divine
3: has entered the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see what you did there, King. Very good, very good. Now, in the first part of this double header of recordings we're going to do, in this one, episode 298, we're going to be talking about Formula 1s, and we're going to butcher pronounce the Asian here, the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. It's got an Imola. It,
2: Just whoa, go Well, whoa, whoa. M- That's M- not the full name of the race this year. It's the... Oh, King. Amalia King, Romagna, if, King if, if we finish it, we finish Italy, the title. Grand We're not going to have time left in the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the time left on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for watching, everybody. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please you can find us one more time. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's Aminia the San Marino
1: Grand, Grand Prix. Change my Just mind. F-
3: spice San
0: Marino. <clears throat> okay. It's the Grand Prix that happened to take place at Imola. We'll go with that. And it was a surprisingly good Imola Grand Prix, of all things. Was it a, we're generally pretty down in Imola here um, in, on this podcast. House- it's a fun
2: track. Housekeeping. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, we'll get into that after the housekeeping, as King reminds me for the second time. Um, but you can find us on, on, it. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook com forward slash motorsport one hundred and one. If you are on YouTube, by the way, hi. Um, subscribe, hit the bell, like the video, all that good stuff. Um, you can know when new content drops. Um, our Twitter handles are also on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. If not, they're at uh, Harrison one hundred and one HD, at cbuckley nine hundred and seventeen, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. Our podcast is at Motorsport underscore one hundred and one. We've got Instagram as well, at Motorsport101pod. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of the audio versions of our show. You can upgrade to the $10 version, to enter the supporters club of our Discord, where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded, and get early access to all of the video versions of the show as well. Whew, all of that and more on our website, Motorsport101.com. So after this, we'll get into the Emilia Romagna, made in Italy. It's totally not in San Marino Grand Prix.
3: Brought to you by Pemonti Calcio.
0: Brought to you when Brought to you in when, when, when Konami buys the rights to the European Super League. So anyway,
3: you enough,
2: enough dare. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, that's my last football reference for the show, I promise. <laughs> okay, let's get into what was a pretty darn good uh, Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. And we already thought this could be very interesting when the grid came through. Hamilton starting on pole from Perez and Verstappen. We had a bit of excitement of Lando Norris. Very nearly quarterflying on the second row, but then track limits. Remember them from last time? Yeah. Um, they came we back love with a track vengeance. And... here at
1: the Motorsport One Hundred and One podcast.
0: Yes, yes, and uh, sadly, track limits took away a lap that would have put Lando third on the grid, splitting the Red Bulls. But uh, sadly, think to go further back as a result of that one, and Valtteri down in eighth. We all thought it was going to be spicy, and then when we were watching Moto GP, which was going on about an hour beforehand on our Discord server, we get the word from Chris Medland: rain, heavy rain. It buckets it down, at similar, 50 minutes before race start. So it, it went from a a minor chance of rain to a... We're starting on intermediates, and in some cases, the extreme wets. We had a changeable conditions race, and it was a wet first half of the Grand Prix. And uh, starting in the rain, Verstappen gets a great launch from third, and by the time we get to turn one, he, shall we say muscles Hamilton out of the way at turn one. Gave,
1: uh, uh, gave Lewis a little taste of his own medicine.
0: Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's just say Lewis has done that a lot over the years. It was actually kind of refreshing seeing that happen to him for once, so I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Verstappen pretty much controlled the race from there on out. There was a couple of minor flash points in there. The first big transition stop from uh, drys to, slicks was, to, to, to the slick tires was probably the biggest one of those. Um... Hamilton taking time out of Verstappen. Verstappen comes in. It gives Merckx a, a shot at the overcut. Then Merckx botched the pit stop. It was a minor botch. It was a four-second stop, and uh, it was enough to get Verstappen back out at front, and um, it looked like Verstappen was gonna win this relatively comfortably until... Red flag. And before that, well, Okay, it's a a kind of a crazy two-lap sequence. Hamilton trying to get past lap traffic. Uh, I think it becomes
2: really important. Trying to get past George Russell.
0: (laughs) Trying to get past George Russell in traffic. And remember this, it becomes important later. Uh, Hamilton spins out at Tosa, taps the wall, has to reverse the car back out onto the track, Um, Luckily, it was safe for him to rejoin when he did. Otherwise, you might have seen the the old reversing on the track penalty come into play. Um, But yeah, he damaged his front wing, had to go into the pits for a stop and to change his wing. Everyone was sitting here going, oh my God, Hamilton is fuming. Um, One lap later, uh, George Russell is trying to overtake Valtteri Bottas on the run down to turn one. Um, Bottas takes the defensive line on the left-hand side, he suddenly jerks over to the right at the last minute, Russell overcorrects himself, puts a wheel or a slick tyre on the wet part of the outside of the track, <laughs> loses control and spins into the side of Bottas's car, they're both out, Bottas's car is completely obliterated. Russell is wrecked. Russell is a, is storming mad out of the car. Calls yeah, two two, two cars are brick. completely written off. <laughs> yeah, a complete write off. Damage to the wall. They had to red flag it to check the wall was okay. Um, thankfully, both drivers all right because um, it, it was a big one. Um, a lot of uh, wreckage and brake boards everywhere it was, um, and uh, yeah, two very angry drivers at the, at, at, the uh, at the in the middle point of the Grand Prix. Uh, my favorite was uh, Bottas giving Russell the middle finger as he drove past. the Oh, he was just uh, um,
1: he was just telling him he was number one. In-
3: indeed. <laughs> it was a simultaneous important- thing because as Botas was giving him the finger, Russell reaches down to just bonk him on the top of the helmet.
2: Bonk. Um, yeah.
0: This was a fight for eighth place on the road. So yes, George Russell had a pretty darn good chance of points at Imola for the second year in a row and nothing. To such a show for it. There was a red flag. A about whole two.
1: bunch. Yep, there nah.
0: was any? Yeah, so there was about a 30-minute red flag One. they made sure the wall was okay. We restarted. Hamilton was down in ninth. He ended up systemically picking his way through the field, eventually getting past Lando Norris to finish second. But Verstappen, by this point, was 20 seconds down the road. Uh, Verstappen winning uh, the Emilia Romania Grand Prix, his first win of the year, the eleventh of his career. Hamilton second, and Lando Norris on the podium in third, meaning we had the first all-British podium in just about no- oh, say oh, two boots on the podium for the first time <laughs> um, in nine years. I almost called Max Verstappen British, which Oof. Uh, given the, nice. given
3: the feelings of some of the Sky Sports team towards Max Verstappen, you might be you, could, you might be easily confused for thinking so.
0: Yeah, like. Mm. They're already describing Verstappen as, quote, one of the best of all time on Twitter going into this weekend. And I'm just sitting here he's, going... he have got some time before we can say anything like that. <laughs> they were using leftover Vettel clips from 2018. I understand. you got to recycle old content every once in a while. <laughs> um, let's get into the race itself. Pardon me. And um, we got to talk Hamilton Verstappen. And, and that was... This was basically round two of... They picked right up where Bahrain left off and not that we knew it at the time, but it could have easily been assumed to think it was settled at turn one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, uh, this, I think we were expecting something a little bit different out of qualifying where mm. Red Bull seemed to have the one lap pace, but both Perez, who was, uh, had were surprisingly put P P2 on the grid. And Verstappen both made mistakes on their flying laps. Hamilton made a clean lap, and sometimes that's enough. Put it on pole, and it didn't matter because Max Verstappen got the start of the gods, got up his inside at turn one, and as we mentioned, just elbowed Hamilton off the track.
0: Yeah, there that was, that was nothing Hamilton could do in response to that one. He was just muscled off the road. And like I said on the show before, Hamilton's had a knack of doing this to other people over the years. So it was actually kind of a... Call up Nico may,
1: Rosberg. Ask him Yeah, about like,
0: it. I may or may not have grinned when I saw that happen, thinking, huh, how about that one, Hamilton?
1: Oh, <laughs> See how you like it race, for once. <laughs> race how you'd like to be raced. And, uh, I mean, this was an emphatic return fire after... Red Bull really let one... They let one get away in Bahrain. This was them taking one back on Mercedes. And... It's very telling... It's very telling with these two drivers. We're seeing them both have to push so hard that they're making mistakes. They're having to take risks. They're having to put their cars in positions where they normally wouldn't because... There's one point... Between them and the championship right now. This championship could reasonably be decided by fastest lap points right now. And it's being decided by the fact that Hamilton got
3: fastest lap right at the end of the race. Mm -hmm. And it's good that we're back to this point. Because we haven't seen a championship fight this close since the peak of Vettel's time at Ferrari. And we talked about this a bit on the show. It's going to trickle down to where the teams are going to have to start developing their cars longer over the course of the year than they would have liked to, because uh, if you didn't know, there's a wholesale regulation change coming just around the corner next season. Yeah.
1: Yep. Right now, we're watching a repeat of... in If these cars stay as close as they are. We're watching a repeat of McLaren and Ferrari in 2008. You don't leave a Formula One title on the table if it's in front of you. Ask BMW Sauber about that. And... If these two teams have to keep throwing parts at their car, having to throw time at their car, uh, Woking, Maranello, they're looking real good right now. Ferrari, who have already said that uh, they've already been devoting all their resources to 2022 since January. And McLaren, who are certainly on the ascendancy.
0: It's, it's actually kind of funny as well, because... Even even to to follow on from the point about how close this is, there was both periods of this race where Red Bull looked like they could win it, and there was moments where where Hamilton was coming back. We saw it in the changeable conditions as it was getting drier and drier. Hamilton was suddenly taking a couple of seconds a lap out of Verstappen, and you're sitting there well, it's, thinking, "It's funny. You this car that. was damaged." <sighs>
1: Yeah, he had he lost the the uh, left-hand footplate on his front wing and <coughs> with these new simpler wings any component is a major component on these front wings. You lose anything it's going to matter. It's kind of funny Hamilton had worn his sli- his intermediates down like what happened in Turkey last year so the center of the tire was slick and in the drying conditions <laughs> that actually gave him some uh, extra extra contact patch to play with.
0: Push harder. Burn that intermediate.
1: (laughs) Pirelli, I don't know whether to ask to never change or please change. But it's... This is a legitimate fight. Mercedes and Red Bull now are... They're throwing everything at each other. And... Just look at the way the race played out. Max has to muscle Lewis out at turn one to get ahead. He pulls a gap. Lewis gets that gap back. Mercedes is in a position to potentially get the overcut. They botch the pit stop under pressure. Max gets held up through traffic at the start of the next stint. Once he clears the traffic, that's when Hamilton made his mistake. He was trying to get through the traffic because he knows if Max clears off ahead of the uh, lap cars, he's probably not going to be able to run that gap down. The pace is too close between them. Hamilton had to take a calculated risk to send it up the inside of George Russell, dipped a wheel out on the the wet pavement, and the car snapped on him.
3: I don't know if it was just a wheel, though. I I think he was, like, fully committed to that wet line. He was was completely off the drive line. And, you know, I give Lewis Hamilton a better chance than most drivers to make that move stick without sliding off. But, unfortunately, it just didn't come off that time.
1: Well, and this is a track, and certainly in these conditions, a very small mistake could have massive consequences. There is no runoff at Imola. If you go off here, either in the gravel or in a wall,
0: right?
2: Proper race track, not it? Oh Lord,
1: <laughs> silence, boomer.
0: Yeah, that—that's that, why I know a lot of people love Imola because it is an old school track. It—it's—it's it's not as forgiving as other Grand Prix circuits out there. Um, i know that's why a lot of people love it because it's not like all these modern tracks and their big old runoff periods where you can make a mistake and it doesn't hurt you etc etc well this is one of those ones where the old school the old school guys got what they wanted on this one and uh yeah it, 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 it i don't think hamilton made has made this many mistakes in a season like last year he was virtually flawless on track apart from maybe the opening round well, last about as far year as it went
1: Last year, I was looking at him. He was making mistakes, not because he was under pressure, but because he was bored. Yeah. <laughs> he was making ca- just careless errors rather than, you know, trying to throw it up the inside of someone to try and salvage what he can in a fight yeah. for the win.
2: Yeah, it was mainly procedural stuff where it's like, well, you're not supposed to do practice start here. Or, hey, you you forgot to realize the pit lane's closed. Uh <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, Yeah. it was just, yeah. And now we've made,
1: hmm. we've seen Verstappen arguably cost himself a win in Bahrain. You know, took too many liberties, went off the track, had to give the place back. Now we've seen Hamilton cost himself a potential win, crashing the car, trying to get through traffic.
0: Yeah. And this is what uh, we want
1: to see. We want to see the drivers hmm. having to try, having to beat the shit out of each other to try and win these
0: races and that's the most fascinating part of motorsport. is the, fu- the squishy bit behind the wheel. It's the f- human error that will come into play, and we've already seen that with both races so far this season. Hamilton, Mercedes, Red Bull, and Verstappen, teams-wise and driver-wise, we've basically had everything in the first two rounds already, and we've barely scratched the surface. Verstappen winning comfortably on this one in the end. Not really being under too much pressure in the second half, as mentioned. And yeah, Hamilton coming through, again. vintage Hamilton comeback at the end. This was the sloppiest race Hamilton's had, probably since maybe 2015 in in Hungary. And despite all that, second place, fastest lap, keeps championship lead.
1: We should talk about why his mistake ended up getting uh, wiped clean. (laughs) At least from a uh, time loss standpoint.
3: Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah, that's the big flashpoint of the race, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas versus George Russell. Who's it? And fo- yes,
1: you heard us correctly. Valtteri Bottas in a Mercedes. George Russell in a Williams.
3: That's great for Williams that they're able to race a Mercedes. On po- on pace alone, <laughs> on merit amidst changeable <laughs> conditions. That's great for them. But for Valtteri oh. Bottas in a contract year. Already under scrutiny for being no more than a rear gunner, and now he's starting to lose even that ability to be an effective rear gunner, and now he gets taken out in a crash, trying to defend a low points position against a Williams.
0: Not good. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the ramifications with Valtteri next segment, but I wanted to, we'll talk about the incident itself, and I mean... Where where are we pinning the fo- I mean, we love to pin blame on these things, and I know it's a bit cliche, but
2: how do we feel about this one? I'd probably I'm leaning towards 6040 Botas, where it's like it's I'd like it's definitely not a hundred percent his fault, but like it it's a racing incident where Botas Put everyone in that position for that incident to happen. Yeah, if If you're
1: asking, if you're, if you put someone in a position where on track where they have to cooperate and they don't, things get very messy very quickly. And that's kind of what we saw here.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's it. the way I looked at it, it was like a boxing judges scorecard where it was like 116, 115, one guy. So you can say, you know what, there's an argument. If, if you had a couple of rounds going the other way, you can see how the other guy might have won. Um, and this is how I looked at it. I I had it the other way compared to King. I had it 60-40 Russell only because Valtteri does jerk over a car length or so in the breaking zone or if not
2: very near the breaking zone.
1: Yeah, they weren't um, they weren't at the
2: breaking zone yeah. yet. Yeah, you could yeah. tell they, they were weren't at the breaking zone it. because they took out literally all the break marker <laughs> boards. <laughs> yeah, that's why we had the red flag. There was break marker board
1: as far as the eye could see.
0: You can't see, but there'd be an ultimate wreckage sign coming down if you were playing Forza Horizon 4 after all the breakboards were taken <laughs> and out. And,
2: like, uh. th- that's why I, I lean towards it being more Botas's fault, because Russell had such a huge run. He was going to go get clear of Botas without a problem until... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I look at it differently. The, the thing is, different angles of this crash give different blame, because mm. if you look at it from the onboard of Kimi Raikkonen, who was following this, and must be a war photographer as far as watching crashes happen in front of him by this point, <laughs> yeah, um, it looks like it's 100% Bottas' fault. If you look at it from Russell's onboard, it looks like it's mainly Russell's fault. We didn't get a good head-on shot of it, but... Yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle where Bottas, Bottas, I'd say triggered what ended up happening. Mm. Russell made that crash happen because the edge of the track was still wet. Russell had DRS open. It was still drying out, but enough that uh, they were on slicks. They were on, um, you know, DRS was available. And. Bottas moves over to the right. You do that naturally at that part portion of the track to get a better run through the corner. Yeah. He jinks right a little bit. Russell overreacted. Not so much an overreaction in dry conditions, but in the wet conditions, puts a wheel on the wet stuff, goes onto the grass, comes back,
2: and really T-bones Bottas. But I think a part... Of the incident that people ignore is that first part where Botas moves over to the left side of the track. The track's still drying. He moves over to yeah. the wet side of the track. He he could have maintained position That's if same- he just held his line and stayed on the right side. Mm.
1: It's, he went onto the wet part of the track to almost as if he was trying to break the draft. Not that it mattered because the Williams is a goddamn missile in a straight line. Yeah. And, uh, ugh. I, both drivers come out of this looking like, well, Valtteri, why the hell were you fighting a Mercedes? Mm. And Russell, why, why you had points. <laughs> yeah, or why were you? Yeah, he was fighting with his his own Mercedes during the weekend. And why were you, George? Why were you sending it like that when you were already in the points? You were going for more points, but. It just feels like unnecessary, unnecessary position and unnecessary risk from both sides.
3: Do we think? And I know match. it's like, and it's and I know this is really, really easy to say in hindsight. You think maybe looking back on it, Russell maybe could have made it one more lap to try and make the move, or was that his he window such of a, opportunity to get past? He,
1: he had such a run on Bottas. I don't think anyone doesn't go for a move in that situation. Yeah. it's it wasn't a it wasn't a situation of if gap car. It looked okay. like he could have made the move with relative ease. Yeah.
2: Like, the fact that he was easily able to pull alongside of Botas before the breaking zone just says how much speed he had. Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, as a result, we got a awful accident. So I said race was red flagged. We almost had an instance of Fight Club <laughs> as a result of that. Um, Baby George Fight Club. Ra- Slap Baby Fight Club. Flight club. A, a, a um, skirmish club, I guess you could say. In this occasion, mm-hmm. um, handbags, uh, maybe, but I'd say sk- certainly skirmish. Um, yeah, Russell wrote a lengthy apology from his PR company on Twitter. Well, no, we need to, um,
1: no,
0: no, no. We got to backtrack
1: before that talk about. Before, <laughs> before that, um, I think is the the main takeaway from this incident because. George Russell was incensed, both on the yeah. radio and in interviews after the fact.
0: Yeah, he was—he was—he was livid. He was absolutely livid. You know, he mentioned he took a, a pot shot similar to what we were doing on this show, saying, "You know, Bottas should be challenging for wins and podiums. Ninth means nothing to him. Ninth means everything to us, yeah. and you know, shouldn't be racist more us than that." that way. You know, Russell
1: said. Russell said that maybe Bottas made that move because of who I am and who he is in that car. Yeah. And that went down like a lead balloon with Mercedes. And Toto Wolf, who um, kind of employs George Russell at their driver academy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: quote, that's bullshit. Yeah. Literally, I said do love that. To, when bullshit. Toto tells the. When Toto tells the truth, he's very fun to listen to.
0: He's, he's, he he has no problem uh, dialing the turning the dial up to about a nine on the spice meter on that one. Yeah, he, ba- he straight up called it bullshit. He, he was like, kids settle down, basically, um, in post-race interviews. And uh, basically said that, yeah, you know, it's the sort of move where you look like a hero if you put it
2: off. You look like you're racing in the Clio Cup if you get it wrong, basically. Well, and I, I do think we need to acknowledge that. Toto wolf knows what kind of character he comes off as, and he's done mm-hmm. this before where you know he loves to play that the, the he knows acceptable like he 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 knows he he knows what people expect out of him in terms of in terms of answers and he knows how to distract deflect make people look at other... make look make people look at the side of situations that he wants them to see yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he, he, know, he knows how to play that card. He's, he's not stupid. He's very... he's act, Unlike one of his drivers, he's very good at handling the media and basically telling people what they want to hear. Um, and yeah, he, he did a very... Uh, he was quite witty in trying to basically dissolve any political tension between his number two driver at Mercedes and the... Penciled in golden child at Williams that is probably set to inherit his seat potentially maybe next year we'll have to wait mm. and see um, quote um, like it's like I said uh, like Russell again. I said, Russell's PR company wrote a statement about this on Twitter Mm -hmm. a couple of days ago, um, as we were recording this on April 21st. This was on the 19th, saying, quote, Yesterday wasn't my proudest day. I knew it would be one of our best opportunities to score points this season, and when those points matter as much as they do to us right now, sometimes you take risks. It didn't pay off, and I have to take responsibility for that. Having had time to reflect on what happened afterwards, I know I should have handled the situation better. Emotions can run high in the heat of the moment, and yesterday mine got the better of me. I apologize to Valtteri, to my team, and anyone who
2: felt let down by my actions. (laughs) Oh, man. It it, it sounds like he's resigning. It sounds like he's resigning as president of Real Madrid. <laughs> God, I
0: wish, I wish. um Quote: That's not who I that am. Was, and, uh... I expect, and I expect more from myself. I'm just like, oh, this is so. Sp- it's just a <laughs> seething PR. Oh yeah, as I know others expect more from me. I've learned some tough lessons this weekend, and will come out of this a better driver and a better person for the experience. Now it's full focus on Portugal. Well, but we got you have got the Bill Bennett check line in there. We're on to we're on to the Algarve. <laughs> and a chance And a chance to show what I'm really all about. Thanks for all the messages, both positive and negative. They all help me to grow. <laughs> I have like, I'm, I'm uh, sorry he didn't, write, he didn't write a single word. I know, right? I was like I wouldn't mention this on the set list, but I had to read that out because it is just so PR manifested. I couldn't even keep a straight face while reading it. Like, it's just, it's so cheesy. It's like, thanks for all the haters too, because you make me better. It sounds like a YouTuber's apology. It really he sa- does. He sounds like
1: It <laughs> sounds like bowling legend Pete Webber.
0: <laughs> Whatever it is, I am.
3: Oh, damn! I gotta say, no, though, was, this this is not the most embarrassing PR statement that's been put out in sporting media this past week. Some art games. <laughs> oh, not even close. He, he barely not he cracks top the top 10. five.
0: <laughs>
3: like, like
1: one would like, say, it doesn't it crack the top twelve.
0: No, like, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Um, following on from that incident. I I put it in the setlist notes, and uh, again, I don't mind sharing this out there. I called it another Bottas referendum, because here we are again. Like We've had Mm. conversations about the state of Valtteri in this team, and i openly admit, I'm one of Valtteri's bigger defenders. Unlike King, who gives him perfect scores in season reviews. But... (laughs) But... (laughs) Mm. Point Mm. is, is that This is my personal opinion that we know, we kind of know why Merck signed him. Yeah, he wasn't going to rock the boat like Nico Rosberg was, and he probably wasn't on Rosberg's level as a driver. Not that we really thought that at the time. You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But this now matters so much more given the state of play in the field compared to three or four years ago, four years ago when he was hired by this team. This is going to be a problem if this keeps up. I mean, I don't want to jump off the wagon too hard because we had Bahrain three weeks ago and he was fine. Like you know, third is probably about the yeah. it's probably the bare minimum. You know, there was a mitigating factor. The team botched his pit stop towards the end of the race as well. I didn't have yeah. a problem with Bottas in that race. This one, it was like this. It was like the same old Bottas problems came up about not being able to clear traffic and then. He almost gets passed by a
2: Williams Yeah and <laughs> More, he knew, he, more he than that Bo- Botas knew it when he got he, out of the car We got the almost a- We got the almost cliche shot Of Botas Crouched by the perimeter fence And we're seeing it via an aerial camera uh, Almost like you see it with every driver Who's seemingly on the verge Of losing his seat And they just had a retirement
0: Yeah
1: Yeah, he he was about to be lapped by Lewis before halfway.
3: That's not Mm. good.
1: And we we talked about it a little bit in the discussion before we started recording. Last year, Mercedes had an average qualifying advantage over the field of seven-tenths of a second. That means that you can put in a pretty sha- a pretty bad qualifying lap and still be on the front row.
3: Not And here. if there's
1: anything Valtteri Bottas can do well, he is very good over one lap. Right. Hmm. He has been able to by and large match Hamilton on and off in their time together at Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, a near is enough half a second gap in qualifying would still mean he's on the front row by quarter of a second over the Red Bulls. But not here. This time, he qualified eighth. Field's closer. Field isn't just closer. It's close enough on pace to Valtteri that he just couldn't pass anyone even on pace. He was kind of in a no-man's land, and was in position to be passed by a Williams, which until this year, by sheer virtue of the Haas being a sled, was the worst car on the grid.
0: Yeah, they're still probably good ninth enough. on they're still probably ninth on the car power rankings list. Like, yeah. d- they're, like, I mean, they had a very good weekend on pace. I mean, both Williams made Q2, I think, for the first time since Latifi joined the team. Yes. You know, yep.
2: they, they, it, it looks was a good weekend, weekend
0: for Williams. They were much better this weekend. We've got to give them some credit where it was due. God damn it, Latifi. Why would have to go hit Azepin on, on the opening lap? Ugh. That, was anyway,
1: from, uh, that was rough from uh, Latifi. Opening lap, off, then crash. But yeah. back to Bottas, I mean... If you're there to be a rear gunner and you can't be a, an effective rear gunner while the Red Bulls are suddenly swarming Lewis up at the front, mm. that's not good enough.
3: No, not now. It's not just when it's Red Red not, Bull, good enough. not when Red Bull Honda are finally looking like legitimate championship contenders for the first time in what feels like years. Not when Ferrari and McLaren are making genuine forward progress. Yeah, I know we're we're... I know it's it's our mo to be but they're they're ways away, but they're getting closer than what they were last this time. They're ways <laughs>
1: away, and they outqualified Valteri on sheer pace.
3: Both of them, yeah. Lando Norris Lando would was have split looking the good balls. for third. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yep, yeah. Lando was would, would have split the bulls if he wasn't two inches off track. Like
1: Max Verstappen you know. blew his lap and qualified third. Mm. And let's not and, and you
0: know what the crazy thing about all this is. He wasn't yep. even the worst-performing number two on track this weekend. He got away with no. one, because Sergio Perez drove like a donkey this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, Perez uh, Perez had good pace, and that's about all that was good, because he got dropped in the first stint, and then... Made it all the way back
3: up just to throw it away at Tamborella chicane.
1: No, he, um, he, he got a penalty, I believe, for passing cars after going off under, uh, yeah. the, under the safety car for Latifi.
3: Yeah, he had yeah. to take a 10-second stop go, and then he claws all the way back into the top five, only to spin it.
1: Yeah. yeah. But even then, with Perez, he's in a new car. Yeah. Which he himself has said he's not acclimatized to yet. Mm. And you can say Red Bull very easily left a 1-2 on the table. Mercedes hasn't looked like scoring a 1-2 this year, even remotely like it. No. Nope. And that's not on Lewis.
0: Nope. Oh. He's, he's held up his end of the deal. Yeah. That's not the yeah. issue. The issue is Val in the second car. I, I was telling my brother this after the race on Sunday. We are much more likely on paper right now to see a Red Bull 1-2 than a Mercedes 1-2. Because... It's inconceivable the before the season started, right? Which is right. You'd have you'd have gunned me down in Abel Akbar memes in the season preview if I said that on the show. I would like what? Yeah, Red Bull's going to have one two finishes. Like what? Like no, but or at least Perez be on is, course for them. Yeah, yeah. Like Perez looks decent in that car. You know, he's still getting used to it, but the early signs are promising. This was not a good yeah. weekend for Sergio, but you can see the potential is there. He Most almost certainly. grabbed pole. He
1: almost stole pole from Hamilton.
0: Yeah, and that would have been invaluable for Red Bull on the weekend. This was still another open goal by Red Bull. They were not able to land a clean uppercut when Merckx had their guard down like that. This could have been a lot worse for the Constructors' Championship.
1: (sighs) Right now, it almost looks more likely for a Red Bull Constructors than a Red Bull World Drivers' Championship, which again... Mm. Is almost incomprehensible given the trend of the last seven years,
0: which makes Bottas's role even more important. I said it on our subst- on my personal substack, that Valtteri might be the most important part of this Merckx team. Now we know what Lewis Hamilton is. We know what he's capable of. He will, he will put up at least three hundred and fifty points, probably more than that, because it it was now we're running at least twenty-two rounds this year, maybe mm-hmm. twenty-three. More on that in the yep. new section in a bit. It's going to be at least three hundred and fifty, probably more than that. It's going to be yes. nearer the four hundred mark, and he's been doing this consistently for half a decade now. You know he's good for about ten wins a year. It's the it's the biggest nailed-on case in a sport that's normally harder to predict than this. Hamilton's good for ten wins a year. Verstappen is getting better year on year. You know he won we, f- he th- should...
1: this year. This year is going to be a better barometer. It's- if, is Verstappen a real title threat?
0: Right. So so what's the it's, elephant in the room here? It's Valtteri. It's Valtteri. He needs to be 2017 Valtteri where he scored 300 points comfortably. That's where he needs to be at. Because I think he had 312 that year. That's roughly the ballpark he's going to need to be at to back up Hamilton if Merck's want to make absolutely sure they're going to win the Constructors title because right now, he's not looking like that guy. Again, this may have just been a bad weekend. I don't want to read too much into this because Bahrain was fine, but that was an alarming sign from Valtteri even and that in, was the same old Valtteri problems we had before. Mm.
1: Even in Bahrain, Perez was taken out of that equation mm. from something that was not his fault. So was Bottas with his pit stop and Perez recovered to fifth. Yeah. Bottas qualified down there this most recent weekend on pace, never made it through the field, yeah. and got taken out by someone in a vastly inferior car who's gunning for his job next year. Yeah. And it looks it's what, all the yeah. worse when you look at Hamilton, who had the benefit of a dry track, as a disclaimer, yeah. tore through the field from ninth to second.
3: On a track yeah. where it's not, it's supposed to be, like, we were going in this well, weekend they made... expecting a 4 out of 10 race Because <laughs> this place is not conducive to overtaking a bit. No, they
1: the they made DRS so powerful here by lengthening this, the uh, zone yeah. out, basically from before the pit lane That Hamilton could follow, something Bottas could not do Come out of the final corner, open DRS, and drag race anything with four wheels
0: Yeah like, he still was able to get past the Ferraris like they weren't even there in uh, after the restart. Yeah, the only car he had issues with was Norris. And Norris had to fight like hell to last as long as he did. It was a phenomenal drive from Lando. We'll get to that very shortly. But yeah, like, Valtteri might be the most important part of that Merckx team, and he needs a big, more importantly, big season.
1: I think he's the weakest link now.
0: Yeah. He, he could very well because,
1: be. Because, you know, it's... The Mercedes isn't what it once was. It is no longer this invincible Uber car that does everything better than everything else, bomb-proof, reliable, and is going to win the championship by an ever-increasing record every year. Mm. At, At worst, it's just behind the Red Bull. At best, it's about equal to the Red Bull. Yeah. And in equal cars, Hamilton is proving everything we thought about him right Mm -hmm. unfortunately Valtteri Bottas is doing the same thing
0: very much so one that we'll we'll absolutely be keeping an eye on over the course of this season but it was almost a a poetic irony about him being taken out by the man gunning for his job at Timola in 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 a round where he was underperforming so badly and like I said if you're Bottas, if you're kind of lucky that you weren't the worst number two on the day. It was kind of a it was kind of a bad day for second cars in general. We saw Perez having off the uh, the hilarious scene of like Fernando Alonso spinning under yellow as that as that accident happened, <laughs> leaving then, the scene <laughs> of the crime, leaving the scene. Which I thought was hilarious. Like whoever, whichever camera person or director had that shot, give them a raise. That was hilarious to watch in real time. Sebastian Vettel had a rough day with a break by wire and then a gearbox failure. Also, did it, just a quick tangent. Did anybody see the fact that Aston Martin now said today that everything is fine regarding their setup of their cars after
1: yeah, Talking The only it, thing remarkable all, about Aston Martin's us,
3: weekend is that Otmar is big mad and he is <laughs> not going to take it anymore Atmar, until Yeah, Yeah, uh,
1: as a quick run through of, of the rest of the teams we didn't mention, um, well, Alpine scored points.
3: Yeah! That's the only thing we can say about uh, yes! Yeah, the nine to 10 It's an absolute...
0: fraud, And only no, because um, and got penalized alike rice.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, it isn't very fast in a straight line. It doesn't make very much downforce. And it no. has piss-poor mechanical traction. Uh, other no, than that, that it's great. excellent.
3: It's great! <laughs> it's blue! I love it! It scored a 9-10! <laughs> it's um, blue! I love it! it.
1: I mean, we watched, it. we watched Vettel pass one of them At the start of the main straight. oh, gone. And was like a second down the road by the end of the straight. It was gross.
0: Brutal. Um, Um, That was rough. Has had a rough day. Um,
3: Mick Schumacher wrecked and still outperformed the other guy by about two seconds a lap.
1: Nikita Mazepin was off of Mick Schumacher's pace. On average, 2.166 seconds a lap.
3: There's damage involved in that, but that's bad. That is bad. Dam- yeah.
1: Both cars were damaged. Um, yeah. Mazepin, obviously, he got hit by Latifi. It was not Mazepin's fault, Latifi. No. Probably wasn't his mirrors. No, um, internet. Uh, for once, we can't dunk on him, but we can dunk on him for other things. Mick um, had quite a silly crash going down the main straight. Warming up his tires, weaved a little too hard and snapped his front wing off into the wall.
0: Mick, if it makes you feel better, Max spun on the safety car too. It's fine; it happens. About the only (laughs) blunder
1: Max had all race. Pretty much. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Mick
0: annihilated Mazepin in the race. Yeah, rough, rough day. But hey, we're not burning the Aston Martin merch yet. I might just give it to King instead. No, Um, no. What you
1: can do for the Aston Martin merch is uh, throw it on the cake tins on the hubs of the back of the car and it'll catch on fire all by itself. Lance Stroll's car burst into flames on the way to the grid and they had to replace um, mechanical components on the rear of the car. They had to repair the same components on Vettel's car, which netted him a penalty for not having his tires on at the five minute warning. Which they gave right after his first pit stop. He's just
0: I was, awed by the FIA. I was like, first on the crossover, good early pace, let's get some point.
1: Oh! Vettel was out there setting fastest laps in the changeable conditions. He actually it's, looked a little bit like the Sebastian Vettel we know.
0: It's like, I was on Twitter, I was like, fastest laps are good, right? And then one, like, two minutes later, the penalty, my like, first tweet was, well timed, Dre. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you. <laughs> no. Um, So that wasn't fun, and we have to give a mention as well to Lando Norris on the podium for McLaren in third. This kid's taken the step up again, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean,
1: this this man just up and destroyed Daniel Ricciardo to the point where they had to use team orders to get Ricciardo out of the way and Lando yeah. <laughs> disappeared up the road.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just what what this is crazy. crazy. The phrasing they use. Hey, could you let Lando in front of you? We want to see what his pace is like in clean air. <laughs> it you took ain't him no one lap enough, to clear,
1: it, <laughs> it took him one lap to clear theoretical DRS zone. Wow. Let, Lando's on fire this weekend. Yeah.
0: Let's just say Daniel Ricciardo has earned enough loyalty points of F1 Twitter for him not to be dunked on as the as the second driver in a new isn't in a new team. Join the club, Daniel. Point is, is that Lando looks damn good out there right now. You like, can't get a, uh, you can't
1: get a bigger seal of approval than giving Daniel Ricardo a bloody nose in your first two races together as teammates. Oh
3: yeah. Not just that, that's, but how- Ricardo
1: is a climate, uh, he is learning the car, but that's course. Impressive.
3: Even more impressive was how well he was able to hold off Lewis Hamilton. I know Hamilton got past him in the end, but well, he was putting up a much more admirable fight than anybody else Hamilton had to go through. Mm, mm. Well,
1: that, that Mercedes-powered McLaren, let me tell you, they made the right choice. Because the Renault engine is horrible, and the Mercedes engine is so as good. good as it ever is. And uh, poor Charles Leclerc was on Ugh. pace for a, a clean podium, got mugged at the red flag, got drag raced by Lewis, and I i don't think he got all that he had earned in that race, no. because Leclerc drove brilliantly.
0: Yeah, an excellent drive from Charles once again. Didn't uh, 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 It says a lot when fourth was an under-deserved result for Charles, <laughs> given how well he drove, and fourth would mm. still be a superb result for Ferrari on paper, and you look at it and you four go four five he, on pace. Yeah, four five on pace alone. They, like Ferrari has definitely made improvements um, in this 2021 car. Like they only could gonna, after
1: but, last year's car. Holy! Don't fuck.
0: remind me. But uh, yeah. like, signs drove like a donkey and still finished in fifth. That says a lot about where how far Ferrari's yeah, come. Yeah, he had the
1: first. He had the first stint from hell in the rain. Uh, Ferrari. Mm. Ferrari went with an all-wet setup, and the car still didn't look altogether comfortable in the rain. No.
0: But still, good but, uh, stuff from them. Kind of refreshing to see McLaren and Ferrari fighting out on track again like it's 08 again. Only this time it's for 4th and 5th, rather than uh, for wins. and It's 1996 podiums. again! Yay! Yeah. Only one's orange both, this time, and it's kind they of They both weird. reek. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Right. Uh, quick of the challenge before we get into a little bit of a new story before we get out of here. As mentioned, the fastest lap was important in that race. It did go to Lewis Hamilton, and that breaks the tie with Verstappen on countback. Um, you thought because, I was kidding? Yeah, Hamilton on forty-four points, Verstappen on forty-three Hashtag points. Blessed. Um And yeah, uh, so yeah, those two are, are probably going to be quite closely matched for most of the year. Lando Norris now third on twenty-seven points. Charles Leclerc on twenty. And then Valtteri Bottas with 16. He's already 28 points behind his teammate after two rounds. Brutal. Um, He's in fifth. And um, yeah, the Constructors real quick. Not that it really matters all that much at the moment outside of the top two. Merck's on 60. Red Bull 53. McLaren on 41. uh, Ferrari on 34. And just to give you an idea of how disjointed the points are at the moment, AlphaTauri a fifth in the Constructors' Championship. With eight points. We didn't
1: even talk about them. Alpha Tauri looked on fire here and then just <laughs> threw all those points right in the river.
3: Kept Gasly, Gasly on the extreme started on...
1: Oh my god.
3: Pierre and Gasly started wet. Dropped like a rock once the track started drying off. Mm. It still was never so wet enough. Seventh.
1: It was never wet enough to run the extreme wets. He even said that uh, the team wanted to change but they would have incurred. I think the same penalty that Vettel got for switching mm. tires. So you mean to and tell you me s-
3: that Pierre Gasly was put on the full wet tires in the wrong conditions again?
1: Yes, again, again, it, it was it was one of those moves where they were going to look like heroes for doing it and getting it right, or well, they ended up being zeros. The, the extreme
0: wet Gasly drove useless. a good race after that. Like I said, before, I said before, the extreme wet is useless. Don't bother running it because if it's if it's too wet for intermediates, they'll put them under a safety car these days anyway. There is no point yep. in the extreme wet tire anymore. Honestly, stop running it, F one teams. I, I, I employ me on strategy. I will not steer you wrong on this one. Like make me your wet weather specialist. We make have
1: to like- talk about Yuki Tsunoda because Ugh. for all of the excellence he displayed in Bahrain. This was a rude awakening. Binned it. Crashed the car in qualifying, started last, made good progress in the race, and then binned it right in front of Hamilton when the uh, race
3: restarted. Still gave us the radio quote of the weekend. Traffic paradise. <laughs> Traffic paradise. <laughs> ah, is that the
2: oppo-
1: Is that the opposite of Weird Al's Amish paradise?
0: I, <laughs> I guess so. you could say. We're spending all our lives living in a traffic paradise. Uh, Before we get out of town, we've got a bit of news as well regarding the calendar as well.
2: And, King, um,
0: we're not going to Canada.
2: Yes, because according to the CBC, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, last Thursday, they reported that the Canadian Grand Prix <laughs> is cancelled. Uh, Formula One claimed that they're still in negotiations, but Obviously, Canada's state broadcaster knows a lot about the situation, and they say the race is canceled. Uh, Formula One, uh, if the race were to be held, Formula One would have run it behind closed doors. Uh, They would have wanted extra compensation to have the race, including, I think, at least $2 million. Uh, Plus, they wanted to bypass Canada's quarantine laws to get the race done without F1 having to quarantine within Canada. And apparently that was a no-go for Canada.
0: Canada kind of, kind of ain't nothing was, about uh... with these rules, man. No like <laughs> nope we're not we're not compromising on any of this. Um and so yeah, no cat no Canadian Grand Prix. So as it stands, we're down to twenty-two races for the year um we don't, we don't know for sure if canada will be replaced by anything there's there's still rumours regarding that we'll let
2: you know well yeah f1 happens. does have a number of backup venues you in do. case a race gets cancelled Oh, Indeed. Yeah. so we'll have to wait and see if they pick one to fill in that
0: blank which where Canada would normally be which I think is normally in June I want to say yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah um, we'll have to wait and see on that one um, also they did finally announce officially as you can tell by F1's new Vaporwave colours on their Twitter avatars we're going to Miami, baby, Next for real year. this
3: time. It's happening, 2022, baby, right around Hard Rock Stadium. King, Formally you look so Dolphin happy stadium. about this. Formerly Land Shark <laughs> Stadium, formerly Dolphin Stadium, formerly Dolphin Stadium, formerly <laughs> Pro Player Stadium, formerly. Someone Joe unplug
1: stadium. RJ. Yeah,
0: <laughs> King, you look um, delighted about this
2: news.
3: <laughs> it'll be a
2: fine race. The track looks good. Venue's fine. Uh... Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to complain about. Like, I think my only complaints, like, there are already so many races on the calendar.
0: We, we, we're set for twenty-four next
3: year. Doing it for
2: Jeff, Gordon. if Cota holds up, we're going to have it's, two
1: races. It's in the doing United its States, best.
2: Well, so it's, it's to become a
1: year-round sport.
2: Well, hmm. Stefano Domenicali's implied that it will be a twenty-three race schedule next year, and people okay. have come to the conclusion that the Spanish Grand Prix is probably going to get dropped for this race. Wow, they're dropping Catalonia.
0: I did not think they would. They were cut Catalonia of all places. That's really, a... this
2: this race has been dropped. All, like this would be the second time this race would be dropped in the past three years. Yeah, good.
0: I'm not complaining or anything, but you know, I'm like, really,
2: Catalonia again? Oh no.
3: Anyway, <laughs> and nothing of value was lost. <sighs> No, 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 don't uh, worry. Catalonia is going to be part of the new Super League formula. Wait, we already had that shit. It could be part no. of Super Formula. No, we have that too. What about Super League Super Formula? Hey.
1: Hey, I've driven Super Formulas around Catalonia. They they're okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to yeah, have Miami it. on the calendar next year. We don't know yet whether it's good. Like, like there's there's rumor swirling that it could end up being the fully blown United States Grand Prix eventually because Coach is not in a good way at all um, financially, and uh, there's a lot of rumblings that uh, Miami might end up uh, being the one and only, you know, the United States Grand Prix on the calendar in the not too distant future. But uh, hey, who's, who, who doesn't have a bit of vaporwave, right? You know, is anyone done any GTA Vice City cover arts yet? Has that been done? You know, I think there has been one actually. Yeah, I, I knew it. it was like it was too easy a social media thing to put out there, wasn't it? Um, but yes, Miami. Uh, that'll be on the Canada next year. Hooray! So uh, yeah, no Canada, but we're getting Miami next year. Yay! I mean, yes, I guess it's nice. I know F1 badly wants to crack America and, you know, is really determined to to take as much of NASCAR's dominant market share as possible. I don't know. Maybe a Grand Prix at South Beach helps. We'll see. You know.
1: They're all taking their talents to South Beach.
0: (laughs) All of them. Not two, not three, not... Anyway. (laughs) Let's get out of town here. On this one. Overall, before we get out of here as well, pretty darn good Emma Grand Prix. Yeah. Certainly well
3: Granted, our expectations uh, were pretty low,
0: but yeah. still,
3: it seemed to them. Like solid seven
1: and a so half. So far, we're we're two for two on pretty good races.
0: Bizarre. Bizarre. Don't let F1 us down Portimao. Um, <laughs> F1's had an objectively really good start to the season. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, this is strange. Um, They'll be back at Portimao in a couple of weeks' time, which we'll also be talking about in the next episode as we talk about MotoGP's race weekend there. And uh, some guy came back, um, likes ant helmets, quite freakish on a motorcycle, um, has about 1.75 good arms. Um, I think you're overestimating that. Yeah, some guy called Mark... We'll talk about that next time. Basically, you can find us real quick in the meantime. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Um, we're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you'd like to follow our handles, they're on the screen right now. If you listen to us via audio, it's at Harrison101HD, at CBuckley917, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. Um, and if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, five bucks for all the audio episodes, early access, ten bucks for the video version, support us on the Discord as well, we can listen to them live as they're being recorded. Shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat on Unlisted watching along. hope you guys enjoyed it, stick around, there'll be another one coming very, very shortly um of course i've got on instagram as well motorsport 101 pod we'll probably stick that really funny outro from last week on there as well because sod it why not king wanted to humiliate me uh, which is understandable um that's what that's what he gets for wearing that silly german shirt uh <laughs> 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 oh dear but uh, we'll be back to talk about MotoGP gp in portemail but until then i've been andre harrison They've been Cam Buckley, RJ O'Connell, and Ryan Eric King. Please don't defect to any other podcast networks in the meantime, and we'll be back next week. Sayonara. Later, y'all!
2: Bye.
1: We have no affiliation with the European Superpod.
0: He says that now. We'll be We'll be back for another go next year. <laughs>